Hello, beautiful souls. You're listening to Underneath the Clothes with Chelsea. I'm a business and life coach, certified strengths finder coach, and the owner of Chelsea's Boutique. Each episode, my goal is to inspire and empower you to take control of your life and your business. Being an entrepreneur for over a decade has taught me a lot of fun but often hard lessons. I've gained a ton of knowledge in almost all realms of owning and operating a business, and I know I can help you save money and grow your profit all while working less and taking control over your business instead of it controlling you. In today's episode, I'm joined by the beautiful Shelly Gaddis, previous owner of Elegant Mommy, and we're talking all about that super uncomfortable word, failure. In this third installment of the Failure Podcast, I'm excited to dive deeper into what the word failure means to Shelly, and she'll even give you some super great advice on how to balance being an entrepreneur and mom and that dreaded mom guilt that accompanies it all. Join us for our conversation. So Shelly, thank you so much for joining us today. Before we jump into this topic of failure, will you let my audience know a little bit more about you and what you do? Yes, yeah, so I am a entrepreneur without a business right now. <laughs> so I am kind of in this transition phase, which is really fun. Um, I owned Elegant Mommy for almost 12 years. I founded Educated Mommy, which was our nonprofit. I've had a couple other little side entrepreneurial stuff in between there. Um, and now I'm teaching and being a mom. That's awesome. So failure um, is definitely not a word that um, you're unfamiliar with in all your entrepreneurial endeavors. Not at all. Yes. So what does the word failure mean to you, and how have you worked to turn this word that can be so negative into a positive? Um, failure to me just means trying. Like, I don't feel like failure is something that we should ever be afraid of. The only way that you can grow is by trying different things and by doing the hard things. So... Failure, you're, you're never going to set out to fail at doing something, but it's always a learning opportunity. And uh, I, I just feel like there's not any, there's not failure per se in the world. Like everything is a chance to grow from it. And we can, we, it's okay to feel that um, disappointment or that sadness in the moment, but to really still, even in the moment, try to look at those opportunities of what could I have done differently or what will I do differently next time? What can I teach the others around me about how I handle this and just grow from learning how to handle the situations. I love that perspective you have of that failure isn't failing, it's learning. Mm -hmm. So what advice do you have for someone who's listening who may be stuck in something where they're like, I totally bombed that, I'm a total failure. Like, how can you help them? What words of advice can you give them to kind of help them through that muck maybe they're in right now? Get up and do it again. (laughs) I'm, I'm maybe a little unique and I am one of those pull yourself up by the bootstraps kind of people. Like it's okay to feel what you're feeling and it's okay to be in that for a minute, but know that it's temporary and that you have to figure out that way of what's going to motivate you to keep pushing forward and find what does make you happy or what is going to make you feel successful. What's going to make you feel like you've accomplished your, what you set out to do in life. I love that. Great advice. So at the empowerment event in March, you touched on failure, a failure you ran into when it came to being a parent. For those that weren't at the event, can you share that story with them again? So, uh, (coughs) 
excuse me, my failure as a parent uh, surrounded more my transitioning away from focusing on things that weren't family um, or that were drawing me away from my family. So um, I sold Elegant Mommy in October. All of that was finalized in October, but I was still running Educated Mommy, which was our nonprofit. And um, the dynamic had changed. The um, people surrounding all of it had changed. Our location. There's just so many things that had changed. And it was literally just consuming me. Um, I had gotten to a point where my family didn't want to be around me. And that's a really tough place to be in, not only for me, but also for my family. Like, how do they talk to me about that? Like, nobody, no husband wants to come to their wife and be like, snap out of this. You're being a jerk, Mm -hmm. you know? And, but it got to a point where my husband had to come to me and say, your kids don't want to talk to you. And I want you to leave this job. And we've been together almost 20 years. And that was never something you'd even remotely said to me. Like, he's always been incredibly supportive of everything that I've done. And for him to come to me and say, I want you to leave was really difficult. Um, Not leave the marriage, but leave the position (laughs) that I was in. And I'm sure that that was a really difficult thing for him to say. But he did it because our kids came to him and said, we want mom back. We can't talk to her. We don't Mm -hmm. want to be around her. She's always crying. She's always, you know, Mm -hmm. yelling. And, um, so it was that moment was like that knife through the heart. Like, Oh my gosh, I'm hurting them so deeply that they don't even want to talk to me about how Mm -hmm. I'm hurting them. And, um, so I'm very much one of those kind of people that's like, when I see something, I'm just going to do it and take responsibility and just take care of it. And, uh, so, uh, that happened, I think on a Friday and by the net, by the following Friday ish, I was done. I was like, I'm not going to keep doing this. There's no reason for this. Here's my transition. Bye. (laughs) So, yeah. Talk about, um, the mom guilt that had to have been associated with that. I'm not a mother myself, but I hear this come up all the time with women is, you know, that guilt of not you know, pursuing something else and not always being there for your kids. How do you then face it head on when your kids are saying, we don't want to be around mom right now? Like, how did you deal with that? There had to have been some hurt there. There was definitely some hurt there. It was really hard for me to hear. They didn't want to be around me. But it was also, you know, I think everybody hits that low spot. And it was just everything accumulating down to that rock bottom point in me making the decision of what I was going to prioritize in my life. Was I going to prioritize the other people or the other things that weren't going to be there for me for the rest of my life? Or was I going to prioritize my family? And it was, you know, for me, it was a pretty easy choice at that point. Like I could see that the people surrounding me were not going to be people that were going to be, were going to stand by me no matter what, decision I made. And so it was pretty easy for me to just say, nope, my family's going to stand by me and my family is way more important than this. Um, and the other really important thing for me is, you know, I have two teenagers, a tween and a toddler, and they're all very important phases in life. And it's, especially as my kiddos have gotten older, I, the biggest lesson I've probably learned since I have teenagers is They don't need you to necessarily be physically present a ton, but they really need you to be emotionally present when they're in this phase. And if you're not emotionally present when they need to talk, 
then they're going to find somebody else that is. And I don't want them talking to people on Snapchat about their emotional problems. I don't want them talking to others online about things like girls or friends committing suicide or, you know, that hard stuff. I want them to know that when they're ready to talk, we're there. Can you talk on maybe what kind of boundaries you should have set that would have helped, you know, maybe balance out business and family a little bit more? Because I'm sure a lot of our listeners, you know, they are women entrepreneurs and they probably are also moms. Mm -hmm. So how do you handle that delicate balance? And is there a balance? I think there is. I don't think that I've found the balance yet, (laughs) honestly. Um, You know, I think there's always time prioritization and there's always things like that. But for me, I feel like it's something that's always going to evolve. You know, when I ran the business, the kids grew up in the business. And so the kids would hang out down there at night or after school or weekends or whatever. Um, As far as, you know, boundaries surrounding some of the other um, transition points, it became a point where I had to just say, I need to cut this off when I go home. And if I got to a point where when I was leaving, I couldn't shut my mind off from it, I knew it was getting out of control. Um, and I think we just all have to be able to recognize when we are not able to shut our mind off from it. Like when we get home and we're still letting it consume us, if us going for a walk and a deep breath doesn't take everything out of us, then something has to change. And whether that's a change in the role or having a hard conversation saying we can't talk about this anymore. Um, and honestly, the other really important thing for me in the last eight to 10 months with all of the transition I've gone through has been surrounding myself with people who will be real with me and tell me when I can't see that I'm letting a boundary get pushed. Um, I have a couple people in my life that I really, really trust and that they will look at me and say, you need to just tell this person that they can't talk to you about this anymore. You're letting, you're, you're letting that person continue to feed into situations you shouldn't be involved in, or you don't need to be involved in anymore. You need to just let it go. And the more you try to keep up on what's going on with past situations, what's it going to change? How's that going to better your future? So, and that has really helped having another person's perspective to be like, they'll survive without you, Shelly. Mm-hmm. So it is so important to surround yourself with the people who will kind of call you out on your bullshit when you yeah. need to be, because we can get so stuck in our own minds and our own thoughts. And sometimes it's like, there's a wall right in front of our face and we can't see beyond it. Yeah. And so you need someone's outside perspective to kind of pull you back out and remind you what's really yeah. important. Very much so. Mm-hmm. So most of my listeners are women entrepreneurs and mom. What kind of advice can you give them that you wish you would have known when you started your entrepreneurial journey? Oh, that's a tough one. There's so much that I wish. I <laughs> um, honestly, I looking back on everything now, like I really wish that I would have sought out more people early on in my entrepreneurial journey. Like I had no idea what I was doing, which I think most people have no idea what they're doing when they start a business. But I really had that ego and that going into it. And I think even until pretty far into my business, I had a pretty strong ego of I can do everything. And it's so opposite of you don't have to do everything, nor should you be doing everything. 
Um, and so I think for me, it would have been, been incredibly valuable for me to have other women, not even necessarily women, but uh, have other seasoned business owners being like, let somebody else do the accounting, let somebody else do the, you know, whatever, even if it's a business coaching kind of thing telling me like, you have to take this many hours away from the business, or I only want, you know, you need to hire somebody if this is the point when you need to hire somebody or those kinds of things that like, you just don't learn until you're a ways into it. And I think that would have been so incredibly important to help me not feel as much mom guilt um, throughout those years of how many, how much time I was spending away. And, um, you know, I think the other thing too, is that we put so much mom guilt on ourselves that our kids don't necessarily feel like we think our kids feel a certain way. And again, I didn't learn this until my kids were older and it depends on the age of your kids and stuff. But, you know, my kids weren't, my kids never, um, disliked the business as much as I thought they disliked the business, if that makes sense. Like I always felt this mom guilt of like, my kids feel like the business is taking me away from them and it's not, it doesn't allow me to be at all of their activities. Like I always saw the negative side to all that. And all my kids saw was the positive of my mom has the flexibility that she is able to be in our classroom once a week, or she's able to do all these other things where other people who have eight to five jobs can't do those kinds of things. And my, and so my point is talk to your kids and ask them how they really do feel about it and talk to them and see, do they really like being down there after school? And do they like hanging out with other entrepreneurs and think that it's really cool that their parents own a business? And, you know, our kids can probably speak more encouragement into us than we speak into ourselves. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's such great advice. And it seems so simple, but it does just ask yeah. them, right? Yep. So you said it a few times about surrounding yourself um, with the right people. Do you have a sort of like personal board of directors that you surround yourself with? Maybe these people who, when you need parenting advice, you go to this person. When you need business advice, you went to this person. Like, what did that look like for you? I think I had to sort of curate them over the years. And you have to learn, like, it's just like any other relationship. You have to learn who fits with your personality, but they, I definitely have, you know, a very close circle of three or four people within my personal circle. And to be honest, none of them are family. Um, I feel like I need to have certain boundaries around family relationships. Um, there was definitely business stuff that I didn't want to bring home to my husband because my husband wants to fix it mm-hmm. and I don't need him to fix it. I just need him to listen. And unfortunately, like I shouldn't say, unfortunately, fortunately, that's generally not what our spouses want to do, right? Like they want to keep us from that hurt, um, or difficulty. So, um, yeah, interestingly, like my personal circle is not, um, is not family, And as far as business circle, like, I feel like that took me a much longer to um, curate. And most of them aren't from here. Um, For whatever reason, I found it very difficult to find um, other like-minded people that I could really bounce ideas off of. And I feel like um, for whatever reason around here, 
previously, and maybe things are changing more as we get more social media and, um, outlets and groups and stuff, but I found it very difficult to connect on a regular basis with other like-minded <clears throat> women. I think as masterminds and things like that increase their visibility, I think that that's going to definitely help feel that connection, but I I think that would have helped me tremendously having that at year two or three instead of year 10 or 11, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but finding just that group and you just got to put yourself out there. Like that's the only reason, or that's the only way you're really going to find that is by putting yourself in situations and allowing yourself to be vulnerable around other people and letting that wall come down a little bit. So just practical here for people that are listening, how did you go about finding these people who you could trust and get vulnerable with and talk about? talk to? Um, going to conferences or putting myself out in other like trade show kind of situations. And sometimes you just have to take that step out and say, Hey, can I join you tonight? Or like just finding those situations where you can actually try to reach out and be friendly. And you know, it's like being on the schoolyard and sitting down next to somebody and saying, can I swing with you? Mm -hmm. You just have to kind of put it out there and see if that's who you're going to find. I'm not comfortable in like networking kind of situations. I'm like, I want relationships on a deep level. And so I knew that. And so I didn't necessarily put my time into that because that wasn't what I was looking for. I wanted to find something on a deeper level. So if, you know, people can find different masterminds groups or different areas to try to get together three or four people and see if you can make a, a um, spiritual or a mental connection with somebody, then let that grow and flourish. And really my other thing, and this is partly just my love language and my personality, but pour into other people the same amount that you want to be poured into. Um, I think, I think that's so important to let other people know how much you care and appreciate the time that they are giving the same way that you want them to be able to give back to you. Mm -hmm. I love that. Okay, so I asked both Melissa and Amy the same question, but I want to get your thoughts on it too. What I've come to believe is that there are stages of an entrepreneurship. So in the beginning stages, you are trying so hard not to fail because failing could actually mean the death of your business in the early months. But I believe the longer you're in business, the more you actually kind of look for failures because they become teaching moments like you talked about earlier. Do you think failure is like a muscle? The more you fail and learn from those failures, the quicker you are actually able to bounce back from them. Absolutely. Because your failures aren't, you don't see them as failures. The more that it happens, you're like, oh, that wasn't so bad. Like, I can do this. It's like, it's like falling off your bike, you know, when you're a little kid. Like, the first time you do it, you think you're never going to ride again. And you, you know, like, no, I don't do this. I hate this. But then a day or two later, you're like, oh, I really can. And I really want to do what my friends are doing over there. So I guess I better try this again. And it's the same kind of way with things in your business. Like you hire an employee and it's not the right employee. And you're like, well, forget it. Then I'm just not going to hire anybody. I'm just going to do everything myself. But then you get to that point where you're like, yeah, but I want to go to the conferences and stuff that other people are going to. And I want to hang out with my family and I still want that freedom. And so then you have to refine, okay, what did I learn from hiring that first employee? I know I'm not looking for somebody with this, this, and this. And so the next time you find somebody that has that other quality and you just kind of keep refining it and learning from it. But that's the only way to really know that. Like there's no way in life to know what you don't know. Exactly. You literally took the words out of my mouth. 
So that was great. <laughs> okay, last question here. How do you personally digest failure? Do you take some time and analyze it, or do you quickly accept it and move on? I think the older I get, it depends on the size, per se, um, perceived, not size, but, like, emotional impact of it. Um, As I've gotten older, like, I've learned to um, perceive potential failure that's coming, per se, if that makes sense, like I've learned to know, like, this is probably going to feel really hard because other people are going to see this as a failure and I'm going to have to answer questions. I'm going to have to put on a happy face and I need to be able to have my private time to be able to actually deal with that. And sometimes that means having conversations with friends. Sometimes that means uh, escaping to a hotel by myself for a day Um, or out to the hills in a cabin or something like when I I planned when I sold Elegant Mommy and when we closed within two days I left and I was I left my family I left everybody and I went to a cabin out in the hills for a couple days and just was out there with nobody around me because it's one of those things like whatever the hot topic is of the moment or whatever it's kind of like you let everything die down and then the next thing will happen a couple days later and people forget about it so true yes so I just removed myself from the situation for a couple days and let myself digest it and become okay with it Mm -hmm. um and I think the more that you can plan for knowing that there's going to be those hard situations to come I think the biggest lesson I've learned as I've gotten older when it comes to that is you have to deal with it. Like if you don't deal with it and you just quickly pick up the big ones anyway, you just quickly pick up and move on from it. You're going to eventually have to deal with it and you might as well deal with it when it's fresh in your mind and you can feel all the emotions from it rather than a couple years later when something else triggers it again. And then you have to really redeal with all of the emotions again. Yes. And I think giving yourself permission mm-hmm. to feel whatever you need to feel yep. and not to just stuff it down, you know, and pretend like it's not there. Or it's not hurting, but to really just right. feel and surround yourself with people who will let you feel mm-hmm. like don't surround yourself with people who are going to be like, aren't you over that yet? Like, that's the worst thing that you could possibly allow yourself to be around in those situations is people who don't understand that you're going to deal with it differently than they're going to deal with something, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, Shelly, thank you again so much for sharing your insights and getting vulnerable with us today. It was so wonderful having you on. Thank you. Isn't she just awesome? I love how honest and vulnerable she is with sharing her stories, the good, the bad, and the ugly. When we shut off the microphone, she actually turned the tables and started interviewing and asking me questions. And honestly, she did such a great job that the next episode, she will actually be interviewing me live for all of you for the last failure podcast of the series. I hope you're looking forward to that just as much as I am. If you got something from this episode, I would love if you would please share it with a friend or two. It's time to really start talking about our failures and finding your own personal board of directors. If you loved the episode, take a screenshot and share it on social media with the tag at underneath the clothes. I love getting feedback from you so I know what kind of content to keep creating. Thank you so much for listening, and I am very grateful for each and every one of you. Your quote of the week. Failure is simply the opportunity to begin again, this time more intelligently.